you on this beautiful Sunday morning. I hope that you have come with a heart that is prepared to worship God as we have been doing in song and in prayer as we have gathered around the table of Jesus Christ this morning to remember who our great God is and how he has shown his love and his mercy and his grace for us. I hope that you have your Bible with you today and you will open as we study together some good things from the Word of God. I think it's very safe to say that we have entered the part of the year where we could define as kind of being the, the season of travel. Uh, many of us, perhaps maybe a few months ago before school got started and things kind of got back into that routine, had taken a trip or two over the summer. Uh, but as we come to the end of the year and as the uh, couple of holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas come on the calendar, most of us will probably be traveling at least uh, some distance to visit family or friends or maybe having family or friends come and visit us. There are some of us, I would assume, in the audience this morning that like to travel. Maybe we look forward to those trips, to taking the trip. Some of us look forward to planning those trips. But I would also assume that there are some here this morning who really don't like to travel that much. Some among us this morning may have been to many or perhaps all of the 50 states of these United States. Some of us in the audience this morning may have been to some foreign countries. And there are some probably in this audience that have rarely left the state of Arkansas. But whether you're a world traveler or you consider yourself to be more of a homebody who likes to stay close to home, or maybe you're somewhere in between, all of us are taking a trip through life. And for our journey on that trip to be successful, God's Word must be our guide. It must be our roadmap. And faith in Jesus Christ must be our vehicle of choice. This morning, what I want us to do in our study time together from God's Word is to take a trip with Timothy. No, we're not going to be traveling with him on one of his many adventures and excursions with the Apostle Paul or some other evangelist. But I want us to look through the New Testament this morning to take a trip with him in the sense of looking at his journey of faith in Jesus Christ. This trip this morning that we're going to take with Timothy is open to everyone that is assembled here and even those that may be joining us online this morning. But it is my goal, especially for those of us who are parents of children that are still at home, for those in the audience this morning that are young and still under your parents' guidance, to those two groups to pay special attention to every stop along the way as we think about Timothy's journey of faith. The first stop that we want to take on this trip with Timothy is to think about his formative years and to think about the early years of his life being a time when the foundation of faith was laid within him. I want you to go to the book of 2 Timothy this morning is where we will start in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and read with me there verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 1 beginning at verse 1. The apostle Paul writes here, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. 
For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your mother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. As Paul here is fondly remembering who Timothy is, as of course he and Timothy had a very close relationship together as brothers in the Lord, as fellow preachers of the gospel of Christ, but also they had grown close together certainly over the number of years that Paul and Timothy had traveled together to do the Lord's work, to spread the gospel, to encourage and strengthen Christians and churches throughout the first century world. And as Paul is fondly remembering who Timothy is now, he at this point in beginning this second letter to him goes back to the very beginning of Timothy's life. And he remembers Timothy's sincere faith and he remembers the source really of the faith that Timothy had at this point in his life that it had come from his mother and his grandmother Lois and Eunice. You see, Timothy's journey of faith began at a very early age in life where his mother and his grandmother began to sow the seed of sincere faith within him. They began to plant uh, that desire to serve God and to please God within Timothy's young life. And yet at some point, Timothy had to decide, as we all have to decide, what he was going to do with that seed of faith, whether he was just going to let that seed of faith kind of uh, dwindle and, and uh, kind of die away in his life and not do anything with it, or whether he was going to take that seed of faith that Lois and Eunice had planted within him and do what he could to cultivate that, to water it, to feed it, to grow it in his life. And we know that he chose the latter because Paul is reminding Timothy as he is writing to him here, yes, about the faith that existed in his mother and his grandmother, but he is also writing about, I think with joy, the faith that existed in Timothy as well. Well, how did Lois and Eunice sow the seed of faith in young Timothy? How did Timothy then take that seed and grow his own faith in Jesus Christ? Well, to read about that, we have to go to chapter 3 of this particular book. So turn over with me, if you will, in your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And let's notice some words that Paul speaks here, beginning at verse 14. He says, you, however, speaking to Timothy, continue in the things you have learned to become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped, for every good work. I don't know exactly how old Timothy was as Paul was writing what we know now as being the, really the last uh, recorded words of the Apostle Paul before he is executed for being a Christian and an apostle. But some seem, seem to think that as Paul had talked to Timothy back in the first letter and he had encouraged him in chapter four to let no one to look down on his youth, that that word youth kind of carried with the idea of someone who was under the age of 40. And so as Paul was writing that first letter to Timothy, and then here he is a couple of years later, perhaps, writing this second letter to him, I think we could safely say that Timothy is probably under that age, that maybe he is somewhere in his 30s at this particular time. And Paul is taking Timothy now back to his childhood as he began this letter, as we just looked at in the first five verses of 2 Timothy. 
Now as we come to chapter 3, toward the end of this chapter, Paul is once again drawing Timothy's mind back to his early life. And he is reminding him of his childhood when his mother and grandmother, again Lois and Eunice, had taught him, as Paul describes it here in this text, the sacred writings. This early association with the Word of God, I think, again, laid the foundation that later led Timothy to salvation through faith that is in Jesus Christ. It was Lois and Eunice instilling in Timothy the old scriptures, the Old Testament as we would know them today, and making sure that they were laying that firm foundation of faith for Timothy. But then again, as we said just a moment ago, Timothy had to take that foundation and build upon it himself, and he certainly had because the old scriptures had allowed him to have the wisdom that produced faith in Jesus Christ. It led him to being a follower of Christ. At a very early age, though, I think we ought to take these two scriptures here on the screen and come to this conclusion that Timothy was rooted and grounded in the Word of God. There have been numerous studies that have been done over the last number of years that show that by age five, by age five, that much of a child's personality, much of a child's habits and skills and all of those things related to a child, that all of those things have been formed. At least the foundation has been laid for the kind of person that that child is going to grow up to be. I would tell you as a parent that that can be very encouraging, positive news, but that can also be kind of scary news as well. To know that by the age of five, that doesn't mean that they can't change that if they go off in the wrong direction somewhere later in life, that they can't make a choice and come back to God. Certainly that is not the case. But it's just saying to us how important those formative years of life are, parents. And sometimes we may think, well, my child is too young. My child is too small. My child doesn't really know anything uh, if I would tell them about God or about the scriptures. They're just too young to understand and to comprehend all of that. And I would say yes in depth about the Bible, but there are a lot of things that a three, four, and five-year-old can understand. I remember in my own life, uh, I don't remember when I was two, <laughs> But I remember being told, I think when I was like four or five, that by the age of two or three, that I had all of the uh, books of the Bible memorized. And that wasn't a credit, I don't think, to myself. I think that was a credit to my parents, and that was a credit to good Bible class teachers and to being a part of a congregation that cared about children growing up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But parents, there are a lot of things that your young child can learn and understand. And so, just like for Lois and Eunice, parents, it is up to us to lay this foundation of faith within our infants, within our toddlers, within our school-aged children. We can do that in a number of ways. Just, I'm sure you know how we can do that. You can read the scriptures with your young child. They may not understand all of these words that are kind of biblical words, and you may have to stop along the way and explain some of those. Or if they're too young to really understand that, to say, we'll put that aside and come back to that later. To help them to memorize Scripture, I think the, the um, skill of memorizing Scripture has kind of gone by the wayside. Maybe just memorizing a lot of things because we just have access digitally to so many things. I mean, our children, my three, you know, if they have a question, they say, hey, Siri, <laughs> Hey, Alexa, they ask, you know, Google, what, what's the answer to these questions? 
And that might be good for a lot of questions that we face in life. We want to know some of those answers. But for biblical knowledge, we need to be in the Word of God. Parents, we can be bringing God into just everyday life, everyday activities that we are doing with our children, whatever age they are. We can be, as parents, identifying our children's gifts and abilities that God has given to them, and then as parents trying to help them to develop those as they grow older. Sometimes we are so focused on ourselves as adults and how we are to be using the talents that God has given us and growing in those, and certainly that is good. But if we are parents, I think we have been given the responsibility to look at our children and to say, what has God blessed them with? What kind of gifts and abilities has God given them and to help them know what they are and then as best we can to help them to grow in those things so that they grow in their faith in Christ. So let's do all that we can now while our children may still be with us at home to lay a solid foundation of faith within them. The second stop along this trip with Timothy is to go a little bit later in his life to the time when he is in his teens and early 20s and I think we see in this phase of his life that that faith, which has been uh, sown in him, which has been planted in him by his mother and grandmother, that it grows from something that's not just the potential that he has to have great faith in Christ, but now that faith begins to produce something within his life. Why don't you go to the passage that our brother Kerry read for us a few minutes ago from the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16. And let's read here again verses 1 through 5. Luke says to us there that Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a young woman who was a, a Jewish woman, rather, who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. Timothy, again, we don't know exactly how old he was here at Acts chapter 16. Many people think he was probably somewhere in his late teens to early 20s. When the Apostle Paul and his travels came to the cities of Derby and Lystra, but though he was in the very uh, infancy of his life, in a very early stage in life, he's a very young man, but he has also, notice Luke says to us, a disciple of Christ. He has already again taken that faith that was planted in him by his mother and grandmother, and he has acted upon that faith. Now he is a follower of Jesus Christ. Now he is a disciple of Christ himself. And he is living his faith, which, by the way, if you notice there in verse 2, Luke says about Timothy that he was well spoken of by the brethren in these two cities of Lystra and Iconium. There were brethren, I assume, older than him, men and women that have been Christians longer than Timothy has at this point, who are recognizing about this young man, here is a man of great faith in Christ, even though he's young. He had a good reputation of being a true follower of Christ. And I believe Paul looked at this young man and he saw a lot of potential in this young man that was well spoken of, in this young man, this young disciple who seemed even at an early age to be very influential among his brethren in these two cities. And for those reasons, Paul wanted Timothy to come along with him, to travel with him in the important work of preaching the gospel of Christ. 
We know that Timothy did just that, as we're even told here in the first few verses of Acts 16. That as going back to the events of Acts 15, where the elders and the apostles came together there in Jerusalem to discuss the matter of circumcision and really whether those who were Gentile Christians had to keep the law of Moses or not in order to be saved. And we know the conclusion that they reached there. And so they decided that they were going to write letters and send letters out. They couldn't send emails. <laughs> uh, they couldn't Skype this information or have a Zoom session with churches all over the world. But they sent these letters to various local congregations to let them know what had been decided there in Jerusalem. And it wasn't just Paul that would take these letters and travel to other cities. But we read there in verse 5, it was Paul and Timothy that were going around strengthening and encouraging those churches. Timothy at a very young age, a 16, 17, 18, 20, 21 year old man, disciple of Christ, is involved in the important work of Jesus Christ. Now I think we see at this stage of his life that Timothy's faith is growing from something that originally was his mother's and his grandmother's to something that is his to now even something that he is helping others to develop. That he is not even at a young age just concerned about his own faith in Christ and growing his own faith in the Lord. But he is looking for opportunities and taking advantage of opportunities to help others grow as well. Again, verse 5, the churches were being strengthened in the faith, in the gospel of Christ. And as a result, I believe their faith in Christ was being strengthened as well. Even at an early age, it should be obvious to us that Timothy was, a, was a, an individual of great ability, that God had blessed him well. And I think he could have, even rightfully so, decided that he was going to take that ability and use it for some other purpose, that maybe he was going to be a, a physician like Luke, or maybe he was going to be a fisherman like Peter, or he was going to be involved in some other work or occupation throughout his life. But it is to his credit, and I think it speaks well of his character and of his faith, that he was willing to take all of those abilities that God had given to him and he was going to use them not to advance himself in some career, but he was going to use them to advance the cause of Christ. There are some great applications for us here. For those in the audience that are young, especially if you're in high school or you are college age, you need to be thinking about this. Are you doing a good job? Maybe as we talked about earlier, your parents can help you in this. But if you have reached this stage of your life, you need to be thinking about this yourself. You need to be thinking about what are, what are the gifts? What are the talents that God has given to me? Are you identifying those? Are you doing what you can to develop and grow in those even now? And to not only grow your own faith, but as Timothy is doing here to help others to grow in their faith. Again, from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Uh, notice what, what Paul wrote to Timothy there in the context of of being a good example of a Christian, even though he was uh, young in the faith. 1 Timothy chapter 4 at verse 13, he says, Until I come, give attention to the reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul wrote this. He says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 
I would be honest with you to say, I don't know exactly what this gift is that Paul is uh, speaking of here to Timothy, whether this was some uh, miraculous gift that Paul himself had laid his hands upon this young man and passed that on to him, or whether this is maybe in the broader sense of the work that Timothy is doing, just the gift or the responsibility, the stewardship, as Paul often thought about it with himself, of preaching the gospel of Christ throughout the world. I kind of tend to think of the latter. But whichever it is, Paul is encouraging Timothy here in these two scriptures, don't let that die. Don't set that aside. You know, use that in your life. Use the gift that you have been given. Use, use all the opportunities that God gives you to develop that, to use that, to grow in that, to help others grow as well. Don't be timid, as Paul would go on to say here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, that God hasn't given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of discipline. Sometimes when you're young, as a Christian young in age, you might be kind of shy about using the gifts that God has given to you. And I'm not just talking to the young men this morning in our public worship assemblies, but to our young ladies as well. Whatever gift it is, to use that to its fullest now. Young people, are you growing your faith in Christ to the point that Timothy grew his, that there are fellow Christians who are taking notice of you? Back in 1 Timothy chapter 4, again in that text of letting no one look down on Timothy because he was young, there at verse 12, Paul writes, let no one look down on your youth, youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Uh, verse 15, take pains with these things, be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. I realize Timothy, a, or Paul rather, an apostle and a preacher is writing these words specifically to Timothy, a preacher of the gospel of Christ. And so you as a young person may not be a gospel preacher, but I think the principles that Paul is passing on to Timothy here are relevant for you. Don't let anyone, don't, don't give anyone an occasion, an older brother or sister in Christ an occasion to look down on you, to despise you just for the, the fact that you are young in age. But he says here, show yourself to truly be an example of a Christian in your speech and your conduct and your love and your faith and your purity that you Make sure that your life is all about serving Christ, verse 15. Why? So that your progress or your growth will be evident to everyone. It's not the point, young folks, that you are trying to use the gifts that God has given you so that you can have a lot of praise heaped upon you or you're trying to be the center of attention but as you are living as a Christian, especially as a young Christian, there will be older Christians who will notice that. And you, you may think because you're young, hey, I'm looking to those who are older Christians as an example to follow, and that's true. But you need to realize that there are older Christians who are looking at you, and you're teaching them, whether for good or for bad. Be an example. Paul is encouraging Timothy here, even at an early age in life. We're not going to take the time to read this text this morning, but from chapter 17 of the book of Acts, later on in Paul's second preaching trip, Timothy remains with Silas. You might remember in the city of Berea after uh, those uh, jealous Jews have come from Thessalonica to Berea and Paul has to escape the city. And he is there with Silas in the city of Berea for a while before they both travel to Athens to work with the apostle Paul again. 
And during these years, Paul is working with some other saints. He is preaching the gospel of Christ. It shows, I think, his willingness to learn. It shows his willingness to work with other Christians, his willingness to be teachable. And I believe that is such a critical characteristic for all of us, but it's especially critical for those of you who may be in this stage of life, if you're a teenager or in your early 20s. How do you move your faith from just something that has the potential to be great for God to something that can really produce fruit for Him? Well, you have to be teachable. You have to be willing to learn. I want you to also notice there in that passage in Acts 17, if you're there, that although Timothy has Silas with him, that Paul kind of leaves Timothy in somewhat of a hostile environment here in Berea. Even though the text says to us in verse 11 that these here in Berea were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, that it was still they were having to deal with this opposition that had come from Thessalonica. And so even as he is there in somewhat of a hostile environment, he is presumably helping these new believers, those who were so into the Word of God in Berea, he was helping them to grow in their faith in Jesus Christ as well. He didn't say, well... I'm still kind of young in life. I'll let somebody who's older and more knowledgeable and more experienced do that work. No, he was willing to take on that work himself. We find later, and we're not going to read this text either, but over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, the first three verses there, sometime later that Paul sent Timothy to Thessalonica to strengthen and encourage, Paul says, those brethren as to their faith. Isn't that interesting that Paul had enough confidence in him at this point to send him out to do this work? So again, at this stage of his life, Timothy is sowing the seed of faith in those who need that. And he is taking the faith that he has and he is in some ways passing that on to other Christians and helping them to grow in their walk with Jesus Christ as well. The third and final stop in our trip with Timothy this morning is to think about him in his 30s. And this is where faith's potential really begins to produce. I want you to go, first of all, to the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 19, notice some things that Paul says about Timothy in this stage of his life. It seems to me uh, very positive things about this young man. Beginning at verse 19, Paul writes to this church and he says, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trusted the Lord that I myself also will be coming shortly. We remember as Paul was writing these words that he was in a prison in Rome and he was not able to travel, obviously, at this point. If this book, as many people think, were, was written in the early 60s, uh, then Timothy would, I think, been, have been somewhere around 30 years old. Timothy has been serving the Apostle Paul for some time now. But now Timothy's faith has grown to the point that as Paul says here in this text that we just read in verse 22, you know of his proven worth. 
There seemed to be no, no doubt in Paul's mind now that even though Paul could not physically travel and be with these brethren in Philippi that he loved so much, that it was just like him sending himself. You know, I'm sending a part of me to you. And Paul had absolutely no reservations whatsoever about sending this young preacher, this young disciple of Christ to Philippi. And why was he sending Timothy? Well, it was the same purpose that we've already read about. He was sending Timothy to encourage these brethren to report back to the Apostle Paul that Paul could be encouraged about their faith and their growth in Christ because he knows that Timothy, as he describes him here, is a kindred spirit with the Apostle Paul himself. How did Timothy show that he was a true man of faith in Jesus Christ? Well, looking in at this text that we have just read, some things that Paul writes about him even at this stage in his life that he showed his genuine concern for his brethren's spiritual well-being. He showed his selfless love for them and for his Lord Jesus Christ. He was putting the interest of Christ and the work of Christ ahead of even his own interest. He was putting his brethren's interest ahead of his own. I mean, that's very impressive, I think, for a Christian of any age. But to think about this man that is in probably his 30s, maybe has been a disciple of Christ for, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years, something like that or less. And his life is not all about himself, as that can be, especially early on, when we are young people, that we can be so wrapped up in ourselves and promoting ourselves and we're living the selfie life that everything is about us and making ourselves look good. But here is Timothy what we could say, especially during this, this period of history when people didn't live that long generally, he is right in the prime of his life and what is he doing? He is a man whose interests are totally and completely devoted to furthering the gospel of Christ. Young people, this is such a great example to follow. I would encourage you to make sure that this is the direction that your faith is going in Jesus Christ, that your life is not all about yourself that your life, even as someone who is in their teens or 20s or 30s, is all about Jesus Christ. But for those of us who may be past that stage in life, I would suggest to you that we can learn from Timothy as well that this is where our faith needs to be. Sometimes physical age doesn't matter that much. I mean, spiritual age is what is of more importance. That we could be 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and still... Life could be all about ourselves. We haven't learned from the example of Jesus as we should. So Timothy, I believe, provides a great example for all of us. And then the final scripture that we'll look at this morning, going back to the book of 2 Timothy in chapter 3, is to look at some instructions that Paul gives. We've already looked at a few of these verses, but to back up to verse 10 of 2 Timothy 3, he says to Timothy, you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and suffering such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however... Continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. There is a great contrast, it seems to me, in this section, even going back to the very beginning of chapter 3 in 2 Timothy. 
as Paul says, that in the latter days there will be men who will be lovers of self and lovers of money and lovers of pleasure rather than being lovers of God. And there's a great contrast between those as he describes here that there are evil men that will grow from bad to worse, that things will just get progressively worse, that those who are evil will be progressively further and further away from God and how they are living their life and the choices they are making. And what Paul is encouraging Timothy here to do when he comes to verse 14, notice again, he says, you, therefore, you continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of. Young Timothy could have gone the way that Paul, uh, the way that some uh, people that Paul's already mentioned here, those who had rejected the faith, those who had made shipwreck of their faith, as he uses that kind of language. And Paul, Timothy could have gone in that direction at this point in his life, but he did not. He was one who was continuing in the faith of the gospel. Whatever he had to endure, whatever he had to suffer, Paul says, you, you know, Timothy was there for some of those uh, times when Paul suffered for the gospel of Christ. And he had certainly heard about other persecutions that Paul had experienced. And so Paul was leaving Timothy as Paul is, is uh, convinced now that his earthly life is coming to an end. He's leaving Timothy and he's telling him the road's not going to be easy to be a Christian. The road for you as a young gospel preacher is not going to be easy. There will be persecution. There will be hardships. There will be suffering. And so it is for you, young folks. The road of following Christ is not always easy. Young people, life in your 20s and 30s and even beyond, life can sometimes be very challenging. Just because you've made the decision to come and follow Jesus Christ doesn't mean that all of your problems go away. <laughs> that you have no worries and cares, no concerns, that you're not going to experience suffering and hardship. Because as life's responsibilities increase, maybe it is your job responsibilities or your family responsibilities or the obligations that you take on as you grow in age and in faith in the local church. As all of those things increase, sometimes as you get older, your health and your strength and your energy can go the opposite direction. And your faith, if you're not careful, can begin to falter. And so Paul was encouraging Timothy, as I would encourage you if you're in this stage of life, that there is never certainly a time to just Reject your faith in Christ. There is never a time for you to make shipwreck of your faith. But certainly now at this point in your life is not the time. Now is the time to turn your face potential into much produce for the Lord. Now is the time for you, even in your 20s and 30s and yes, even in your teens, to take what God has given you to take who God has made you and to use that to be a productive citizen in his kingdom. Although Scripture doesn't record any details about the end of Timothy's life, I'm just very confident that this man ended his earthly life with his faith performing probably at its highest peak as he closed his eyes in death because here was a man in Timothy, I believe, that was ready to stand before his judge and he was ready to hear those words enter in. He was ready to experience eternal life.
just as the Apostle Paul was. Taking a trip with Timothy. Whether you like to travel or not, we're all taking a trip through this thing that we call life. If we will all grow our faith in every season of our life, we too can be like the Apostle Paul. We too can be like the evangelist Timothy. And we can be ready to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we can be ready to say with all confidence, as Paul said here at the very end of his letter to Timothy, the second letter, chapter 4 and verse 7, that I have fought the good fight, that I have finished the course, that I have kept the faith, and I'm looking forward, as the Apostle Paul was, to seeing the Lord, the righteous judge, and wearing the crown of righteousness forever. What about you this morning? Have you started your journey with Jesus? It is a journey that begins in the waters of baptism by contacting the precious cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. Do you need to start on that journey this morning? If you have started on that journey, where are you? Where, where are you in your faith and your walk with Jesus Christ? Is your faith strong? Is your faith weak? Is your faith kind of indifferent? Whatever age you are, we need to examine that about ourselves. And if we see that we're not right with God to make correction of that. So think about those things as we're about ready to stand and sing this song of invitation. What a great song to sing after this lesson. I have decided to follow Jesus. If that's your decision, would you act upon that this very morning and respond to his good invitation as we stand and as we sing?